All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning back in to the Outside Looking In podcast. I am your host, Noel. It's currently 3.30 p.m. on a Monday. I'm finally getting time to record for this second episode, the second installation. Last episode, I broke down the wild card weekend, the super wild card weekend, I might add again. My reactions, my thoughts, and this past divisional round was nonetheless um interesting so i'm gonna be talking about divisional round as well as how this leads into the conference championship round next week i also want to talk about some of the head coaching hirings as well as some optional candidates for the remaining head coaching openings that are available and i also want to break i also want to talk about in this episode some nba stuff I think I'll start off the episode by talking about NBA stuff. More, more notably, I want to talk about the James Harden trade and what that means for the Brooklyn Nets, the rest of the NBA. If they come out the East, or unless a team makes a trade to acquire a third superstar to compete with Brooklyn. But um, yeah, um, I'm going to just start off with that. So recently, James Harden, a lot of drama, a lot of commotion in Houston. You know, he was deemed overweight and all that. You saw his body language. You seen the way he was provoking the Houston Rockets organization to trade him, to get rid of him. That there's no reason for him to be there because they're not going to win. And I'll be honest with you with this. I think the Houston Rockets, they did a great job in trying to get James Harden talent. You know, they traded for him in OKC when... When in his early stages of his career, he was a six man in OKC with Westbrook and Harden. Sorry, with Westbrook and Durant. Then he goes to Houston. He would every single year he was there. They made the playoffs. They were able to get him Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook recently, I should say. And they did their part in trying to get James Harden talent. They got Mike D'Antoni. They also played a very intricate style of basketball by going small. They had no centers, really. And I think they did the best that they could do. And then when James Harden really had nothing else to give to the organization, he said, I right, deuces, I'm out of here. So I Harden, his two destinations were Philadelphia, the 76ers, and the Brooklyn Nets. There were also a couple other miser candidates in there. You had the Portland Trail Blazers, the Miami Heat, the New York Knicks were in there. The Golden State Warriors were picking up steam lately because Klay Thompson got hurt, tearing his Achilles. You know, prayers up for Klay. Hopefully, he makes it back. But, excuse me about that. Um, So, yeah, James Harden, now he's on the Brooklyn Nets. They do a four-team deal, which lands Victor Oladipo to Houston. Jared Allen and Torian Prince go to Cleveland. Harden goes to Brooklyn. Karis LeVert goes to Indiana. And in their first game, if anyone saw the first game, I really think you see James Harden and Kevin Durant developing chemistry. And overall, if you if you take away the basketball aspect of it, James Harden looked happy. Now, that means a lot because at the end of the day, the amount of the amount of criticism that you get, the amount of hate, quote unquote, that you get, a lot of people talking about how you're a bad locker room guy, the way you handled the situation in Houston. I think that way, now that he's in Brooklyn, he looks happy. He looks like he wants to play basketball. He looks like his whole morale is rejuvenated. And this is without Kyrie Irving. 
So when Kyrie Irving comes back, let's see how that works out. If they're able to coexist, then that team is going to be a threat for the next couple of years coming out the East. But like I mentioned before, <clears throat> unless a, someone in the East lands like a Bradley Beal or someone from Washington to form a trio or something, or someone out West like the Lakers, maybe they give up the lot and they trade for Bradley Beal or some other team to try to combat the Brooklyn Nets, then that would make, you know, for competition. Because right now, it seems like a foregone conclusion. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on Harden to the Nets. I think they're a lock to win the East, because right in that first game, Harden drops a triple-double. KD has over 40. And, you know, they looked in sync in Game 1, and I think with the rest of the season still left to go, I think it's only going to get better, but we'll see how that goes. All right, next I'm going to be breaking down um the head coaching candidates, my head coaching candidates, as well as openings and who got hired. So first off, Jaguars, they just hired Urban Meyer. And the hire itself, I think it hit a lot of people out of left field. I, it was already in the works to begin with. But for me personally, I Urban Meyer, his first shot in the NFL, I he bet I think he should hire the best candidates possible. Some people with NFL experience. I don't think he should bring people from Ohio State just for the reason that everyone's gonna be in their first year in the NFL. They don't have as much experience. And on top of that, Urban Meyer, with as much draft capital as he has this year, the cap space, backing from owner Shad Khan. I he he can't mess this up, but if he makes the wrong hires, if he somehow messes up with some other infrastructure in in, in the organization, I think he's I think he's playing with house money at the moment because it's his first year. He's gonna have the number one overall pick. He's probably gonna draft Trevor Lawrence, so I think this first year he'll get a pass. But, you know, sooner rather than later, if he doesn't gain steam into winning games and developing a culture in Jacksonville, that thing could flake sooner rather than later. <clears throat> the Chargers. Now, for me, I think, not even for me, for a lot of people, believe it or not, they we all thought since GM Tom Telesco, who went to high school with Brian Dayball up in New York, that he'd hire Brian Dayball. Now, those of you who don't know Brian Dayball, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, basically manned Josh Allen's development from his rookie year till now, who went from someone who completed less than 60% of his passes, now all of a sudden MVP candidate, now Josh Allen in the AFC title game. We thought the Chargers would lean that way. However, recently we just find out Brandon Staley has now been hired as the head coach of the Chargers. Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator for the LA Rams, who manned that number one ranked defense led by Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Um, so now Brandon Staley, he now heads to the Chargers from the Rams. Still say it still stays in LA. But that that hire was really it was interesting considering that Staley, it's his first year as a defensive coordinator. You would think maybe a couple years at that coordinator level, then he'll be fine. But this is a move where you think maybe it may have been done sooner rather than a little after while he was ready. But you know, you look at this and you just have to feel optimistic considering what the L.A. Chargers have to offer. You have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. You have one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL. 
And when healthy, you have one of the league's best defenses. Now, this year, you did not have Derwin James, so then you get him back. That absolutely helps out the back end with Casey Hayward and all the and all the boys back there. So that should be a fun thing to watch. The, the That's a fun headline to watch going into next season. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Chargers. I think so. Initially, I thought they were, they should have in, they should have interviewed defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, Wink Martindale, because the Ravens coordinators for some reason I think they should have been some of the front runners for some of these head coaching gigs, but they haven't really gotten any interviews. I'm thinking Martindale, who was previously a linebacker coach, now a defensive coordinator, he's someone who could set the tone at the Chargers, considering their recent collapses in games. You would think they'd hire someone like that, but they go the young gun route with Brandon Staley. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I'm optimistic about it. I think that'll be that'll be something that'll work out. Maybe not initially, but it'll develop steam. Next, you got the Atlanta Falcons. They recently just came to terms with Arthur Smith. They came to terms with Arthur Smith, who's the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. He was the guy who was in charge of Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill leading a high-octane Tennessee offense. Um, I thought I think the high, the hire was good. Don't get me wrong. I just thought he'd be some. I thought he'd be a good fit for the Jets because the Jets they just hired Rob Salah, who I'll get into later on. But I thought maybe they go someone offensively for someone for so that whoever they draft with that number two pick, whether it be Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Or if they end up keeping Sam Darnold, I think if you have an offensive-oriented head coach again, because Adam Gase didn't pan out, and Adam Gase, you saw his track record as a coordinator, but for the most part, he had Peyton Manning to make him look good. So now if you get a guy who basically took Ryan Tannehill, who was who his former head coach was Adam Gase, he goes to Arthur Smith in Tennessee, and he has a career resurgence. You would think they'd do the same with Sam Darnold if he landed there. But now he goes to Atlanta. And there was a lot of scuttlebutt regarding how Arthur Blank wanted to move on from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And how they basically wanted to rebuild from the ground up. But with the Arthur Smith hiring, I think at Atlanta that they're going to end up keeping both of them. I think they'll go on a run. I think they'll win some games. I think their offense will look almost identical or if not sim or somewhat similar to the year Matt Ryan went on MVP when his offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan. So I think this was a very odd hire for me, but I think it'll I think it'll work out in the short term. I don't know about long term if unless they draft a quarterback that they like this draft. But I think that team uh they seems odd. Now, short term should work out. Long term, I don't know, but and apparently Joe Brady and Eric Bieniemy were right behind them as well. But whoever the new GM is, the him and Arthur Smith both, I think they have a lot of decisions to make. Next, we have the New York Jets. So they hire Robert Salah, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco Forty ers That was a that's a great hire. He was the best guy for the job for any job. For all seven head coaching gigs that are out there, I think Salah was the best one for each and every one of them. Because you look at the defense, I think what many teams are doing this year and now for the last couple of years, they're trying to get guys that'll emulate some sort of culture, some sort of 
some sort of dynamic besides the X's and O's of football. A lot of what a lot of teams have done before, they usually look for a guy who's basically like the best play caller for either side of the ball, someone to rejuvenate the X's and O's and the details and the intricacies of the team. But no one really looks at the culture aspect. They don't look at the fact that okay, you need a guy who's message who's in who will be inspirational someone who'll spread the word to the team and someone who's hard-nosed really so they get a guy like robert salah who basically emulates all of those and he has one of the best defenses for the san francisco 49ers the past couple years not only that but he got to the super bowl like last year with san francisco he had a he had he's had a great couple years on the x's and no standpoint but i think the new york jets getting him you get a guy who basically instill a culture with the Jets, something they've lacked for the last couple years. I think ever since, I think ever since Rex Ryan left, to be honest with you, because Rex Ryan leaves. Rex Ryan as he's had some good years with the Jets, but then it kind of flaked towards the end. But Rex Ryan was one of those guys where like, all right, like you know, he wants to emulate a system, not just a system. He wanted to emulate a culture, some moxie, some savvy into the locker room, and I think Rob Salah does that, but. On a on a much con not a contrary note, but on a side note, I think Rob Rob Salah is also gonna bring along a very, very good crew to the New York Jets to fill his coordinator positions. So first off, he's gonna bring in Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, who's the head coach of the Packers and he's in the NFC title game, who's gonna play Tom Brady. So he hires Mike LaFleur, who's gonna man the offensive coordinator position. And that is a that's a very that's an excellent hire. Excellent hire. You would think they'd probably go between him or Mike McDaniels, who's the brother of Josh McDaniels. But they go Mike LaFleur, offensive coordinator for the Jets. And if they end up retaining Sam Darnold, I think it'll help out Darnold, considering now you're bringing along a Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay type offense to the Jets. A West Coast run the ball type offense. Now they have some good pieces on offense with Mekhi Becton, and Chris Herndon. So they, they have some pieces. I think this draft with the draft capital Joe Douglas landed with Jamal Adams. As well as some other draft capital that landed. I think this team, within two three years, they'll be one of the top teams in the AFC, I think. Oh, and another note I wanted to add. They didn't go the Doug Peterson route. So I think I mentioned this last episode. If I didn't, I'll talk about it now. Uh, Doug Peterson, who got ousted from Philadelphia a week ago, he has a relationship with general manager Joe Douglas because they spent time together when Philly won the Super Bowl a few years back. So you would think maybe they'd go Doug Peterson to the Jets with Joe Douglas, and now he has some say with the front office and all that. But they go Rob Salah. You, you really couldn't go wrong with either one of them. But getting a reju- guy who rejuvenates a locker room, I think that's the biggest one you can talk about right now. The biggest factor. Next, you have the Detroit Lions. So they hire. So first off, I thought they'd get Rob Salah. Just because he's a native of Michigan, I thought that'd be one of those one plus one equals two hires. But instead, they hired Dan Campbell, who was an assistant head coach for the New Orleans Saints. So a lot of teams, what they're doing, like it's been going on, but... A lot of teams, they're waiting for the some of these playoff games to end just so they can hire their head coaches or hire their general managers. So the Lions, when 
they Rob Salah gets hired. So now they needed they needed someone the same reason the Jets needed Rob Salah. They needed someone to basically man the locker room, to spread the message, leadership aspect. Because when we look at Dan Campbell, we don't consider him a great offensive play caller or a defensive play caller or a special teams guy. <clears throat> but we really see him as a guy who can be who can get the locker room and rally the locker room, kind of bring some sort of stability to an organization to a locker room. To rally the troops. And that's what I think the Lions need. They need some sort of reboot button. So I think Dan Campbell, who's also who's also a former tight end for the Detroit Lions. I think the year they went 0-16. So you look at from that perspective, as well as hiring the Rams college scout as their general manager. I think the Lions, they, they have a good foundation to kind of get things going back right on track. But... They also have a quarterback predicament because you see Matt Stafford, who's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Where does he land? Because considering the hire that they made and the general manager himself, I think this, as well as losing Kenny Galladay to free agency, most likely because he had an injury. Who knows if they want to bring him back? Um, I think the Lions are set up for a rebuild. And do you really want Matthew Stafford to go through a rebuild again, considering his age and he's had some injury history? I think he'd be leaning towards a more playoff caliber team. A team such as maybe Pittsburgh, if they move on from Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe even the Indianapolis Colts. Who if, who knows if Phillip Rivers comes back. I think Jacoby Brissett is also a free agent. So if they land a guy like Matthew Stafford, I th- really think that They'll benefit from it the most. Any playoff caliber team, if they land a Matthew Stafford, a guy with a big arm, he's an NFL vet, he can make all the throws. I think he was Patrick Mahomes, pre-Patrick Mahomes, but we can talk about that at a later time. Sometime, sometime after this podcast, I'll probably mention it. I'll make an argument about it. But yeah, the Lions hire Dan Campbell. So that leaves with, I think, Two head coaching spots left. Two or three. I mean, I remember them being two of them. So that being the Houston Texans and the Philadelphia Eagles. So for the Houston Texans, there's been a... Like, we have, we're seeing right now the, the Deshaun Watson saga unfold right in front of us. His relationship seems relatively fractured with the, te- with the, with the team. With Cal McNair and Jack Easterby. You know, basically, like, if you guys looked into the report and you looked at some of the other things that led to the report, all Deshaun Watson really want. I think, before I even get to that, actually, this everything unfolded ever since DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry, I was getting a phone call. I don't know what happened. Uh, but, yeah, with the whole Deshaun Watson saga unfolding over there, I think that they're going to try to move forward with Deshaun Watson and try to trade him. I don't think he's happy there. I think he wants to leave. I think Miami is a prime spot. But with them getting Tua Tagovailoa and some draft capital, I think it makes sense for both parties. But yeah, and also that he's put in some some requests to try to get Eric Bieniemy or Leslie Frazier as the from the defensive coordinator spot in Buffalo. But who knows who they hire because they've already gone behind his back and hired Nick Casario from New England. If they even try to land a guy for Deshaun Watson, I don't think that's enough to sway him to stay. I think they trade him 
I think whoever they get, I think the Miami trade makes sense from this perspective too. They have the number three pick. But that number three pick, they can potentially land a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields as well. So do you go that route or do you try to reconcile with Deshaun Watson, which I think right now would be just a waste of time. And the next spot we have is Philadelphia. This is a team I also, I think so right now, their leading candidate to become a head coach is Joe Brady, from what I've heard. Joe Brady, as well as Josh McDaniels, they put in an interview for him. But I think this team needs to go deviate away from the offensive side of the ball. I think they should get an offensive coordinator to specifically tailor to Carson Wentz and that offense. I think they need a defensive-minded head coach, someone who can, like I said, they like a lot of NFL teams are leaning towards a culture-setting type of guy. Like Jets got Rob Salah, the Lions getting Dan Campbell. If Philadelphia can somehow find a way to get somebody like that, I think that that'll work well, rather than getting a Joe Brady who basically who two years two years removed from being a pass game coordinator for LSU. He's had some NFL experience, but I think he's still a ways away from becoming a head coach in the NFL. And as far as Josh McDaniels goes, I don't think he swayed a lot of people, especially after the way he spurned the Indianapolis Colts job. I don't think he should be hired as head coach. I think he should still stay in New England and potentially take the reins from Bill Belichick whenever he decides to hang it up. So yeah, those are my head coaching candidate breakdowns, my NBA reactions. Oh, and um, let me just piggyback off of the NBA thing. My early NBA Finals predictions was Lakers-Bucks. So I don't think that's going to happen now that Brooklyn, they're in, they're in there now with James Harden, potentially Kyrie, KD. Now, unless Miami has something to say about it, maybe Boston, when Jason Tatum comes back and Kemba Walker, when he's healthy, maybe they have something to say about that. But I think so now I think it's going to be Lakers and Nets coming out for the NBA finals if there's no potential cancellation or whatever. But that's my gut feeling about how this NBA season is going to go. So, yeah, um, so that'll probably wrap it up for this segment. Um, again, thank you guys for listening. And if anybody listening wants to know more about me or wants to follow me on social media, my Instagram is P-A-R-M-A-R dot zero zero. And my Twitter is at P-A-R-M underscore Noel. And please don't be shy to let me know of some of the topics you guys want to talk about. You guys can follow me. I can follow you back. But yeah, that'll do it. Um, thank you guys again. And again, and this podcast is live on Spotify, Google, as well as the Anchor app. So please just any any support is appreciated. Please spread the word to anybody. And yeah, there it goes. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. I'll try to be back soon. I'll try to talk about conference championship game as well as maybe other NBA stuff that goes down. Yeah, so that'll be for next episode. All right. Have a good one. Take care, guys.